In this special podcast, I'm talking to David Nguyen. He's a good friend of mine from the Perpetuality YouTube channel and That Watch Addict on Instagram. Excellent. Great, great to finally meet you. Yeah, brilliant. Yes, of course. Yeah, thank you so much for the invitation. And, uh, Mm, you know, like where to start with this? Because I think um, I have to say a, a special thank you to you for being so attentive with your care and your interest as well too because um you know like you have been following me and you have been um I've been following you as well on Instagram but through YouTube and Mm. and through the other channels uh you're one of the more active commenters that I do appreciate seeing your comments from time to time fine I I think to be honest we've got pretty similar taste anyway in um in watches and things and I know that um I've got my Alpinist Ginzer on today and okay, yeah. you, I think I'd been into the shop and I'd, um, I'd looked at the, the sort of gray version of this one. And then I think, I think a few days later, you put it out on your channel comparing it to, was it Land Toy Toys or something? Yes, and that's correct. So the siren was great. So I sort of, I sort of put it on and, that, and then having seen your video again, made me think even more about it. And then uh, I think we probably exchanged a few comments. I was really keen on the Ginza. Mm. And um, anyway, my, my, very luckily, most of it went up in the end. Um, and it's just a few things like that. I think the the other one was the um, the sort of um, Seiko that's a bit like the, the Rolex Daytona. You, you put that out yeah. as well. Um, that's right. And again, I think you were pretty much the first video I saw that brought that watch to my attention. So I think, and I think we got pretty similar taste. I know my, my wrist is a bit... I'm seven and a quarter. I think you're six and a quarter. So you've got different size wrists, but we we do like pretty much the same watches and pretty much the same sizes and things. Having said that, so yeah, so I mean, it's good. It's definitely a good channel for me to watch. Um, obviously, your um, your camera work, your photography, and everything, both on Instagram and your videography on YouTube, is absolutely excellent. Oh. Um, and you always pick nice music and everything. So yeah, so I don't follow that many channels actually. Um, I just try and go for ones that I really like, quality ones. People, you know, got similar taste for me. Um, not necessarily the big channels. Some of them have got too much ego and things. You yeah. Know? <laughs> so, um, yeah, you are one of, um, I'd say, four or five of my sort of favourite channels that I, I like follow and and sort of keep up with things. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just for the viewers, do you want to do you want to start off just by introducing yourself, saying what your channels are, mm. both YouTube, Instagram, and that sort of thing? Yeah, for sure. So uh, my name is Dave. Uh, I usually go by Dave. <laughs> call me David. I sound like I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so with that being said, I I run the YouTube channel called Perpetuality, and the word Perpetuality is a play on words. Uh, here, uh, I'm I'm living in Canada, and uh, here in North America, Perpetuality is not a word in our dictionary. Mm. But in the Oxford UK dictionary, mm. oh, it actually right. is a word. Oh, <laughs> it right, is. right. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I actually, when I was coming up with the name for the channel, I thought, you know, the theme of it was to go onwards and introduce <laughs> all sorts of different types of watches from the smaller brands to any kind of brand that I felt like deserved some interest and intrigue mm. uh, and brought that to, to everybody for their, basically just to help both young collectors and collectors that have been around for some time to figure out you know like what watches might be of interest to them yeah so that was really the critical thing and um the the youtube youtube channel was really kind of a a second piece (laughs) because it actually didn't come until much later uh which was um i initially did instagram in terms of uh photography and just capturing 
watches mm-hmm. and different sceneries and and really how that came about was um <laughs> I kind of got tired of taking uh, watch photos with my phone you know like I just saw all these beautiful photos on Instagram I'm like mm-hmm. you know what I like to participate in that yeah. and there were a couple of pages that I followed and uh, really admired about uh, two years ago mm-hmm. so it was right around um right at the beginning of the uh, the world situation that we have today, <laughs> uh, that uh, I decided to pick up a camera. I, I, I sold the watch to pick up a camera and yeah. uh, taught myself how to use it and how to uh, arrange, you know, like a nice scene to, to, to capture yeah. and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and then that just kind of, uh, kind of spilled forward in addiction, if you will, to, uh, to get better and better and better at it. And um, mm-hmm. I, I come from a background that is not anything related to arts. <laughs> uh, my day job is not the most exciting in, in that regard. But um, mm. with that being said, that kind of spurned forward the, the idea of uh, growing the Instagram channel. And then later on, it was um, a friend that said, you know what? Like, you should start talking about the watches you've come across. And uh, we'd like to hear your opinion because uh, myself, Dean, I've been collecting wristwatches since I was 16 years old. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. My grandfather used to own a watch repair business uh, back okay. in mm. back in Vietnam. He was a war veteran mm. and um, he had used the first proceeds of uh, basically from his work and from uh, his journey uh, to start a watch business. And it was supposed to be a, a business with a few of his friends, yeah. but um, uh, some of his friends didn't make it. So he wanted to start this business as kind of a, a tribute to them, mm. if you will. And um, that kind of that kind of started his part. And uh, I met him when I was 16, a little bit, um, I think mm. not as young as I would hope, but I met him a little bit later on in my life at 16 mm. years old in, um, in Vietnam. And um, he had he had a, a 1956 Omega Pilots mm. RAF watch, Royal wow. Air Force. Wow. Mm. And uh, it was um, it was a stunning piece. It was kept almost as if it was a, a vault condition watch. Mm. Uh, anyway he he um he gave it to me but he gave it to me in pieces (laughs) Mm -hmm. because he was actually servicing it and he said you know what like um tell you what if you can try your hand at putting it back together you can Mm. keep it wow right so i spent about uh three months in vietnam um i did put it back together it never worked right (laughs) it never worked (laughs) but sure enough he said you know what my mission's achieved i think i got you interested in something you didn't Mm. uh once have an interest in before Mm. Uh, and he gave me the watch and then that kind of spurned my journey to collect Mm. so um i'm kind of working backwards here because my thoughts are a little bit jumbled but um since then i was just collecting watches throughout um the different categories of watches that you could say starting Mm -hmm. off with Casio, um, I had a Casio F91, of course. Um, I had a couple of Seikos and they were Seiko Mm -hmm. fives. So the Seiko five Flieger, Mm -hmm. uh, I had a, um, uh, an Orient diver as well. The Orient Ray. Those were my first few watches. I got my Mm -hmm. hands on that. I felt like I was, these are mine. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that again, like it just kind of, um, put me forward into the direction. Um, and then fast forward later on, I, I have the Instagram page and the YouTube channel. So mm. that's a part of my personality, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Fantastic. And there's, there's, a, there's, there's definitely some connections there from the early days because Seiko, you, 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 you're like me, a big Seiko fan now. And you've bought more you know, recently Seiko. And I think even um, the, the Flieger 
they've actually brought that out again now, they? this sort of Seiko 5 Flieger. And again, you did a video on that fairly recently. So some, right. some, some nice little connections then, and what a, gr- a great way to to start, you know, you, you're collecting and showing your interest in everything and, and then having that, getting that passed down from your grandfather. Absolutely fantastic. Um, so, so yeah, and I, and I suppose the connection between us is, like I said, we like the same watches, you know, I've been following your channel. And I think it was a year ago we did a collaboration um, yes. where um, my right. YouTube, it was, I think it was, it was July last year, to, um, 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, where I got a few a few YouTube friends, yeah. um, many small channels, but channels that I like and I follow, um, to send me a short video in of of one of their special watches, favorite watches, whatever. And um, and you're on that. And that was exactly a year ago, actually. So yeah, <laughs> and c- certainly. So I'd been following you a little bit before then, obviously. You know, because you were on my sort of list of people I'd like to do a collaboration with. So I'm, I'm guessing it must be getting on towards 18 months that I've actually been following you. Um, and, and interestingly, I, I actually started my YouTube channel at the beginning of the pandemic in 2020 as a, a sort of something <laughs> something to do during lockdown, you know, but similar yeah. to you. And the fact I got two or three new watches sort of come my way at that point in time. Um, so I promised to do videos there. So and I know the other thing, Sometimes on your video channel, as well as the, the watches that you buy yourself, um, I think sometimes you know you. I think is it like um, a watch shop or something that they they lend you some of these watches and you do videos and things. That's a great question. So um, I have a collaboration with uh, a good friend of mine. Um, I actually came to know him through his business. I think it was right <coughs> around 2016. Mm. Um, sorry, 2017. I. It's a little bit jumbled in my head with the years, but in 2017, mm-hmm. I had uh, realized that a local shop had opened up and carried Seikos. Yeah. And um, in, in Canada, especially where I live in Western Canada, near the Rocky Mountains, um, it's very unusual because we, we don't have a huge watch following out here, mm-hmm. as you say, with, would be the metropolitan areas like, you know, Toronto, New York, Vancouver, or sure. yeah. even London, for that example, right? Yeah. So when the shop had opened up, it immediately caught my eye. So I came down and um, I spoke to him and he was a a very nice fellow. His name is Ryan and he's the owner and operator of a business called Bezel House in Western Canada. And uh, he had at at the time carried uh, three brands. It was um, Seiko, Mido, Mido watches. Mm. And I believe the other one was um, Tissot. I believe it was Tissot at the time. Yeah. Mm. So when I when I spoke to him, um, I knew through and through that he was a watch guy because <laughs> yeah, yeah. his his day job was um, he was uh, working in oil and gas, um, you know, within the within the faculties of uh, more of the administrative side, and um, he uh, the economy had kind of taken a tumble, and he took it upon himself, you know, um, spending some time from home. I'm going to start a business. <laughs> I'm going to start mm-hmm. a watch business mm-hmm. in the middle of all of this. So then there he went and he's, he began uh, Bezel House and he had reached out with a few connections to micro brands. Mm. And, um, you know, it was a difficult journey for him. And yeah. really, when I asked him, the whole point of doing this was, um, he, he clarified with me, I just want to broaden my knowledge and mm. my experiences with watches. And I think this shop is one way to do it. So it, it's mm. quite funny because you hear a lot of YouTubers and they're like, I don't want to start a watch business. Mm. or some do and some don't right yeah sure. very very clearly they do that for mm. for reasons of their own personal gain or 
whatever it is, but for, mm. for Ryan's sake, um, he wasn't shy to say that I just want to experience more watches. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so, well, it's, it's a good way of doing it, really, isn't it? You've got your hands mm. on them watches and they're coming in. And yeah, de- de- definitely. Um, I think this could be a good point. We've um, gone straight into it. Just just, just taking a step back and doing a, um, a wristwatch watch check. What, what yeah, are you actually sure. wearing, wearing today, David? Um, I'm wearing the watch that I've bought and sold more than three times. Oh, wow. <laughs> <It's> unusual. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> happened. The, the SPB 147. Oh, so I love that watch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, 63 mass, I guess, if you can call it that. Um, yeah. I, I think the reason why I love this watch so mm. much is uh, just from the basis of this is what I think a 62 mass would have looked like back mm. in the 60s. Yeah, right? sure. Like, yeah. Right from the get-go with the, mm. the gilt indices and the uh, the warm colors and that tropic dial case with the yeah. H-shaped lugs. I think it's yeah. very much that. And I'm I'm really keen on that kind it of It is nice. And that's the one that comes on the rubber, isn't it? Obviously, you've got yeah. the actual rubber on that it comes. You're supposed to be really good, good quality, good rubber, that oh, one. Yeah. It's yeah. phenomenal. I actually yeah. bought three of these straps to put on other watches. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. I, I I actually did go and try those two watches on. Uh, the one you're wearing and the and the grey one that comes on the bracelet. Is that the 4-3? The one four three. That's one four three. Um, I could never decide between the two. To be honest, I, I really struggled. I, that was probably part of the reason I, I didn't buy one because I just could not decide yeah. between the two. Um, you know, and with my wrist being that little bit bigger, I couldn't decide size wise as well. But I tried it on and I really, I really did like that. Right. Um, didn't quite pull on it. Interestingly, the um, so I've got the. Um, yeah, the gins are on. Today. Oh, can I yes, the I've got the gins are on today. Um, so this is Seiko Alpinist. This is again the, re- the reinterpretation. Is it 62, yeah. 63, whatever of the Ginza. Um, now, the one I tried on was was a similar number one four three. Might be yeah. two four three. Might be slightly different, the but it was the great same grey dial and everything. But in the Ginza. And again, I love that gray. I really like that gray. Yeah. So then it was like, well, do I go back and get what you've got in the gray? But I like, I like, I like the um, the Alpinist reinterpretation. Yeah. Um, it seemed, you know, it just it looked really good on the wrist. It fitted nice well, and everything. Yeah. Um, I like the bracelet. I liked everything about it. And then, um, so in the end, through and certainly through conversation with you, I was going to get the Deep Lake which was the closest yeah. to the Ginza. It was the blue one. It looked pretty good. I really wanted the Ginza. And the day I went on to buy that watch from my online um, dealer, online Seiko um, authorised dealer, I was just about to put it in my basket, but I was hovering around a little bit, you know, just, just yeah. weighing it up. And I get the actual Ginza appeared. And I thought... No, this this has got to be an old link. What's cracking up? And I thought yeah. I'll put it in my basket and see it went in the basket. I thought I'll check it out. There's no way that's that's you know. And I thought they'll probably email me and, and say it's a mistake and everything. And that it's out of stock. Yeah, <laughs> no. And I, I bought it. And then I phoned them up the next day because the 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 actual website I couldn't really get delivery what I wanted. The sort of buttons yeah. wouldn't quite do what I wanted them to do. So I phoned them up and I said, "Oh yeah, we we have that problem." I said, but he never at any point said, "No, you know that you're not going to get that watch." And it, and that was it. I, I confirmed it, you know. And I was talking to him the next day, and then I said, 
but I didn't get me discount because I normally get 15% discount. I tried me, yeah. I tried 15, I tried 10. Oh, I'll, I'll sort that out for you. And then you come back and say, Oh, sorry, there's no discount on that watch. And I'm, like, I'm not surprised because they're selling, tw- you know, double the price on oh, yeah. um, eBay and things. And he wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't give me a discount, which, which mm. is fair enough. So I paid another hundred pound on top of, you know, if I'd got one of the, 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 the deep late would have been hundred pound cheaper, but you know, the, the, if I'd sort of kept it a year and sold the deep lake, I probably would have lost 50, hundred pound on it. This one, I can probably keep it a year and probably make, you know, three or 400, you know what I mean? So I think the value, it's the value, isn't it? The value of this one was more anyway. And it was the one I wanted. It was worth the extra hundred pound to me, you know? Yeah. So, and, and a lot of this was through again, conversations, uh, messages, me sending messages to your YouTube channel. Um, yeah. When you looked at the gray version of this one, hmm. Um, yeah. and you compared it to the land to, to, to the land toy toys, whatever it was. Um, yeah. so, you know, so I suppose over the last year, year at least the year in particular, mm-hmm. some of the conversations that we've had have sort of led me to like buy this watch or be interested <laughs> in a watch and that sort of thing. So, you know, we're definitely, um, out of all the YouTubers, I say there's about five channels who really like you being one of them. We're, I think you are the one that's on the same wavelength as me. Yeah. <laughs> I think because because again you you know you're really in Seiko. Where some of the other channels that I like are probably more into Rolex or or Tudor oh, yes. in particular. There's one or two sure. of the channels I follow that are really into Tudor sort of thing. Now I know you've got at least one Rolex, haven't you? You've got the um, is it the is it the OP? The Oyster uh, Perpetual 39 in the yeah. white dial. And that's, so that's lovely. Yeah, yeah that, that's yeah. really Reference nice. 114300. That, that mm. watch actually, I think, is, um, in my perspective, the, the quintessential pure Rolex of what mm. Rolex used to be. And yeah. that is just a mm. non-fussy, time-only, yeah. you know, clean mm. dial with the Oyster yeah. case. And you can see that the attention has gone into the ergonomics. I'm yeah. I'm mm. not one to, to venture and say that... Um, Rolex is the brand, the de facto brand for all collectors. And it mm. isn't. It, it mm. just simply the fact it isn't. Yeah. If you're looking at a Rolex um, these days, you know, the, the question always is, is, can you get one? <laughs> of course. That's all, right. That's the problem, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, so with, with this one, <laughs> uh, there's a bit of a story with that, actually, mm. if you don't mind mm. me sharing. Yeah, um, no, that's that's what this is all about. <laughs> be more than happy, and I'm, I'm sure that our, our listeners do tune in to, to listen to these stories. So please, please go ahead, yes. For sure, yeah. So um, my first Rolex was not this one, actually. Mm. It was a 1983 uh, Rolex Datejust two-tone, oh, okay. reference 16013. Yeah. And that was uh, a watch that I had bought through ryan at the yeah. at bezel mm. house through, mm. through meeting him for the first time i i saw it on consignment and mm. um that was the first time i laid my eyes on the rolex to be honest with you yeah sure. but what immediately caught my eye with it was just the the size and the heft of the watch for its size i picked mm. it up mm. and I, I felt like wow this is a a solid timepiece and it, immediately upon winding it it sounded like a sewing machine those old calibers, the the mm. the old uh, thirty thirty five calibers, are loud because the cases back then were, mm. were quite thin. The steel that they used um, is not the same. I would not. I wouldn't say that it is probably the same grade, but it's just the the case back is thinner on those watches than the newer references. Yeah, yeah. So so with that being said, that was um, <laughs> when I had saw that watch. I had had literally begged Ryan, could you hold it for me? 
mm-hmm. and and I had uh, had to take some time away from it because I had to go to straight back to work. I was on my lunch break. The next day, I remember um, driving at rate of speeds that would not be recommended <laughs> to get mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. get to Ryan to pick up the watch, um, and that was my first Rolex. And from there, it kind of got my interest into into yeah. Rolex. Sure. Yeah, so. Um, I had that watch for close to about a year and a half. And then um, what what my mistake was, was wearing it so often that my father saw it on my wrist and he fancied <laughs> it quite a bit. Right. So through, through several dinner conversations, he his eyes was always locked on my watch and, mm. and uh, decidedly for his retirement, I gave him the watch. Yeah, well, it's really nice. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, handed that over to him. That's, and, that's perfect. Yeah. yeah. So with that being yeah. said, then I was uh, mm. lacking a Rolex at that time. Sure, sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah, it's the downside, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then I started to do my, my research and I originally wanted a Explorer, Explorer 1, actually, mm. the reference 214270 with the 39 yeah. millimeter case. Um, and of course, I ran into the same problem everyone else did. You just couldn't get one. Mm-hmm. You couldn't mm-hmm. get one, right? Mm. Uh, I. I Came lucky at one point, about seven months after the initial thought of looking for this watch, um, where I was shopping with a colleague, and it was actually sitting in the showcase, to my wow. disbelief, and my dis, and I just could not believe it. Yeah. So I actually tried it on, mm. and you will call me crazy for this, but I walked away from it. I I didn't love it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I did not love that watch. I felt like the. Um, there was something about it mm. in terms of the, the width of the mm. numerals. And yeah, the sure. Yeah. yeah. It just yeah. didn't speak to me. I felt like I wanted something yeah. that was even cleaner than that in yeah. terms of a dial design. You have to actually try it on, don't you? It's not until you yeah. actually try it on, until you've got it in the metal that you really know. It's so difficult. Um, if you have a watch delivered that you've never tried on, yeah, <laughs> you know, quite often when it comes you know you've looked at the photos you've seen the videos you've looked at all the comments and this is definitely the watch for me but as soon as it comes and you put it on yeah. quite often it just it, it it's not right it's not for you and yeah that's yeah. that was the case yeah definitely absolutely i had obsessed over that watch i had it as my wallpaper on my phone that was to the degree but fooling around with the watch in person just made me realize it wasn't for me and yeah. the salesperson was also shocked they were very adamant that i would not see it ever again uh, like this just sitting sure. out in the open right sure. and i said you know what that's okay because um <laughs> For my next Rolex, it's just I just buy exactly what mm. speaks to me, and yeah, mm. um, that's kind of something that is quite interesting because later on, about four months later, uh, I came back and there was the Oyster Perpetual white dial sitting there along with the black dial too, mm. and I did the same thing. I tried mm. it on and I walked mm. away from it. <laughs> wow! I actually walked away from it oh, the first wow. time. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it was actually mm. through. Um, me going to a second location, a second Rolex authorized dealer in my city that had the watch and I had tried it on next to the window and the light had <laughs> it, uh, in a way that just uh, caught the details of the watch that the studio mm. lighting didn't. Mm. And the yeah, dial itself, sure. it was more of a, an opalescent near silver um, kind of grade of white. It's a yeah. very interesting white actually. Mm. That immediately sold me on the watch and I, I took it home with me on that day. So yeah, with that being cool. said, um, mm. that kind of runs the theme for a lot of my watches. Some of them mm. 
I've thought about, I've wanted, I've walked away from. Yeah. I've thought about yeah, it again. I've yeah. come back. I yeah, bought it. Yeah. And I've kept it for the longest mm. time. And it's yeah, still with no, me. it's good. And you know, you you've definitely got some really good watches. I think I think another one I've seen you with fairly recently is you've got a white dial Panerai as well, haven't you? The white dial Panerai was a loaner from a colleague of mine. Ah, okay. Yeah, okay. that, that uh, is that's stunning, nice as well. Yeah, that's a stunning piece that's of nice. right there. Yeah. It's the, the Luminor Due, I believe. Mm. It's a smaller case size. Um, it's the one that kind of got a bad rap because of the lower water resistance. 50 oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm. but this, the design itself and the size is, is quite... It's a beautiful better. watch. It's, you know, it is a shame that it isn't more versatile, but, you know, you, you certainly use it for, you know, sort of smart casual you know, going out for meals and drinks. And, yeah. uh, it's just not a watch for on the beach, basically. Um, yeah. I know Abdul, who does a lot of these watch talks, has actually mentioned that particular watch before. And I think the water resistance on it's about 30, 30 metres into it or something. Yeah, I believe it was 30 or 50. I can't recall off the top of my 30, head, but it was yeah. low enough for the Paneristi yeah. to be upset about it. Yeah, so, the, and then especially the old basis of that, it was very much the sort of uh, Italian navy and all that sort of thing and um and then they go and produce a watch with 30 meters water yeah. it just doesn't make sense does it with the ground guards that lock <laughs> yeah what's the point of that you know why, why even have that you know yeah so it is but it's a great looking watch and then yeah. the white one my, my taste has changed in the last few months and i think this could be partly your you but i mean that in a good way with your channel I've, I think that's, I've only just occurred to me, I think it's probably come from you and your channel. Um, I'm really into white dial watches more, uh, more and more. Um, my, my, I'd say my first proper watch was a automatic. Um, it was debatable. I sort of had a, um, a Seiko 5 <laughs> and about two days later, a Christopher Ward uh, C60. Um, I bought the Christopher Ward first, but by the time that I got delivered, I got I got so quickly going into that rabbit hole. I bought um, a, uh, a Seiko Five off a work colleague because um, it, it, again he was sitting opposite me and it was a silver sunburst dial with gold indices and hands and things. And the light just caught it, and I said, "I want that watch. Can I buy? Can I have that watch off you?" Yeah. And I I ended up. I swapped the watch I had on my wrist, which was just a quartz. Um, and he actually gave me some money on top of that. Um, yeah. Because it, I didn't realise until I put it on my wrist, it was all beaten up and everything, you know. Um, right. But, yeah, so that was... so. But my Christopher Ward watch was a white dial with a black bezel. And yeah. I'd kept that for about two and a half years. But eventually, I just didn't really want the white dial, especially on the diver. Um and I vowed never to buy a white tiled watch ever again. We're a few years back when I sold that. But it, but yeah. but now I'm really into you know, I've gone <laughs> right back full round and I really like white tiled watches now. You know, that's interesting you say that because um one of the reasons why I sold this watch, the one the SPB 147, mm. was to get the limited edition SPB 213, the white oh, yeah. version of yeah. this. Yeah. Um, and I had it uh, as a quick honeymoon, really, because that's yeah. what it was. Uh, yeah. It was a month of just realizing, you know, it was nice, mm. but yeah, to me, to me a, a diver's divers watch that is a white dial, it, it just doesn't sit right yeah. uh, within my yeah. cognitive faculties. No, that, that, that's probably me. But interestingly, because <laughs> you've done a video on the white dial version of that, it's almost got like a, a is it like a blue bezel? Correct. But the light yeah. it depends on the light catches it. 
And right, and I'm sure we've had this conversation. Um, but that watch I saw somewhere, I'm as sure it was that watch, it was on sale at an amazing price. Yeah. And I'd seen your video a couple of times and I thought, well, I'm not sure I, I really want this in the white dial, blah, blah, blah. And then I think it was about a week or two late, about a week later, I watched your video again. I thought, do you know what? That, that watch looks stunning. White dial, that bluish, but that looks stunning. God, if that is still going for that really good price, I'm just going to, I'm going to get it. And it went yeah. back on and it was, it, and I've never since seen it anything other than the full price, you know, yeah. but honestly, it was about 300 pound cheaper. There was, there was one of the places selling it. Obviously it wasn't selling that well as, as well as, um, and I think again, maybe because it's just the white, the white dark version, it never seemed as popular, did it? It's never, you know, there's not many yeah. videos out there or anything on it. Uh, to my knowledge, through through my collaboration with my colleague at Basel House, Ryan, um, he only had a couple of batches. And in Canada, <laughs> we don't make very many of the limited edition models. Mm. Mm. Uh, I believe we share inventory with the, the United States, actually. Mm. So with that being said, like he sold out everything that he had. Okay. But okay. Uh, I noticed a trend, which is mm. um, not just myself, mm. but some other content creators on Instagram. Mm. They had bought the same watch, too. Right. Uh, and with, mm. within the time span, about uh, a month and a half or so yeah. of owning it, they all let mm. theirs go. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. That is yeah. interesting, isn't it? So, yeah, so I don't know what was happening, but I definitely saw that going at a good price. And like I say, had it still been there at a good price, I probably would have would have had one of them now. So, you know, so, so that is that is very interesting. Now, just before we fully talk about watches i'm just going to change the tack uh, the subject a little bit and ask you a little bit more about photography because the you know the, the the other thing i admire about you is is the photography it was interesting what you said earlier on that you were self-taught um and that some of that was instagram seeing all the good photos which i've been on instagram for probably uh, maybe a year now and you know a lot of people are like me they take they take the photos using the smartphone but you can you know people like yourself and the several others um though i mean it's a quite a low percentage probably only about five percent of people who are putting photos of watches on use really good cameras good photography and you, you know you can really tell um and the other thing is your 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 videos you know the, the videography as well the, like you say the way you set the scene everything is absolutely spot on your editing and everything is brilliant and your channel's big you know you've got a lot of views and i think for, you know rightly so you know because you you you're just a natural you know you like say you you haven't got a creative background i, I wasn't sure which way around it would be um today you know this discussion whether you would tell me you have got a creative background and you've been doing photography for years um so you know telling me that you haven't and you started taking, you you went into photography through taking pictures and watches. It's absolutely amazing. Um, so wow, that's brilliant. Um, what other things do you like taking photos of as well as watches? Now, what have you gone on to, to taking photos of? That's a great question. Um, so I've kind of gotten more into the landscape photography because it's an easy one. And mm. when I say it's an easy one, I don't mean to uh, diminish what landscape photographers do because oh gosh, it's not an easy craft. Mm. Uh, there is nuances to it that mm. um, you don't get until you actually get in front of the scene and you yeah, take sure. it, you come home and you realize you could have done it better in a, sure, or in a different sure. way. Mm. Yeah. So with landscape photography, um, I've just taken to my backyard because I do live near the Rocky Mountains. 
Yeah. Uh, and I do have my um, a couple of cameras that I, I really kind of have fun mm. just operating yeah. and, and sure. bringing out to the wild mm. uh, and taking the photos of even familiar scenes that I've come across before. Yeah. But, mm. you know, like they always say, when you have a camera, mm. uh, all you need to do is turn around. And yeah, the sure. best scene mm. is actually behind you because you're yeah. focused on something. You're so mm. um, narrowed in with what's in front of you. You don't realize what's behind you. And so that's what I've been doing. Yeah. quite a bit um aside from that I, i've been trying to get more into the um product photography as well too just learning okay. about the the lighting elements of it to yeah. kind of get better yeah so sure. the, the lighting is a big part of it as well isn't it oh yes yeah i would you say know. photography mm. um in terms of like just setting up a subject and yeah and showcasing in a certain way it yeah. is 80 percent of the lighting and 20 mm. percent mm. of it uh composition will come i think yeah, 20%, sure. i would say yeah. in my opinion the composition yeah. um mm. but if you nail the lighting and you you can understand the concepts of uh mm. you know obviously the exposure triangle which is you've got your shutter speed you've got your um you've got your uh, sorry the exposure the iso right so you've got yeah. uh, how you want to set up your camera if you understand yeah. the concept of the exposure triangle and you understand yeah, light sure. and how to mm. see light mm. you're already doing well yeah <laughs> it just, no it's it sounds it sounds um it's good I, I know a few days ago you put a picture of your oyster perpetual uh rolex yeah. oyster perpetual on instagram and you put you know feeling quite arty i might delete but i might delete this yeah. photo later yeah. and me and loads of others sort of commented said no it's a brilliant photo really yeah. good and, and it, it was you know and um you'd got a couple of objects there. i think some it was it like um uh you know, paint, paint, painters sort of tray yeah. with painting. And, and I'm not sure what the other object was. And then the focus was on the uh, watch, but it was just, just a great photo, you know. Um, and you weren't sure about that. And I'm thinking, God, yeah. if I could just do one photo that good, <laughs> <laughs> just, just amazing. And yeah, um, yeah I, have, I have borrowed um, a really good camera off a friend before. Um, and you know like you say landscapes and distance photos and why i've got a lot of wildlife around where i live as well um and but actual taking photos of watches he didn't have the sort of lens that you could get close up which i, th I think really didn't help um he didn't have a macro lens or anything but i just found my um my iphone better for taking watch photos but i think it was down just to the lens and things like that i'm guessing yeah. Well, it's actually down to uh, what they call is the minimum focus distance. Mm, so that mm. is the distance between uh, your subject and where your lens and your camera mm. is, is able to, um, how do I say this, focus on the object. And that's mm. dependent on the distance, mm. of course, from the lens to the sensor. Yeah. Right. So when they say minimum focus mm. distance, yeah. uh, really what the iPhone, what it does well is that you can get close. Right. Yes. And, you, yeah. and it's quite simple mm. to, to mm. get close. Mm. Um but I think that um, if you are looking to get into a camera and that is like you want to try mm. using a camera as anybody mm. who who wants to move on to that next step, if you can call yeah. it that. Yeah, I would say it's not a matter of it's got to be a very good camera or an expensive mm. camera. It just has to be a camera that allows you yeah, to adjust sure. the aperture, yeah. to adjust the exposure, mm. to adjust the shutter speed. Um, yeah. And then yeah. if you can learn from, from that basis, right, the understanding, again, mm. of, of the light and the usage of the camera, sure. yeah. you're well off. The focal length in mm. terms of the lens uh, yeah. does play a difference, though. Mm. Uh, so, mm. like, when I first mm. started taking um, 
photos of watches with a camera. Yeah. I had bought a, a, a camera that had a smaller sensor. It was a crop sensor. Yeah. Okay. And the, and the lens itself was actually a macro lens, but right. yeah. I, I soon came to realize that I had to be <laughs> far up to get some of the shots I really wanted to. Okay. So yeah. Because uh, mm. I was I was getting close and I was getting the details I wanted, but yeah. those weren't quite the photos I've always wanted to take. Yeah, sure. So if I had to go back and do it mm. again, I'd, I'd probably just start off with a zoom lens, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I, I, I'm hoping my friend has got another camera, which I'm hoping to, more portable one, which I'm hoping to actually borrow pretty soon. Um, I've actually, I'm not going to give it away. I've got another, a new watch coming in a couple of weeks. This is a Seiko. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm hoping I can time it and borrow that camera and try to up my game in respect of you know um making a uh, a better video and some better shots for instagram uh you know better video for my youtube channel of this new watch better shots of this new watch on instagram that's the sort of plan i've got in my mind if i can sort of yeah. get the timing of borrowing that camera um for a few weeks and um yeah. I, I, and i've said if i can really get into that and find a camera that i really like i, I would go out and buy one you know but i mm-hmm. like i say the, the last one i got the dslr it just didn't quite work out um sure. for me but i think again it was you know down, but yeah no that's 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 really interesting um yeah so i'm, I'm just looking at what I, what else we i wanted to cover well, with to, just, just oh, to kind of cover mm, off on on the basis mm, of cameras yeah being, sure um mm. when i said in my last photo that i posted of, of the oyster uh that i might delete later it's because i took artistic liberties to it so um uh, taking the photo is one thing but mm. a lot of the time mm. where i spend a lot of my time in actually yeah is in in adobe lightroom to edit okay. the photos to, yeah, to sure. look a certain way to to yeah. kind of change mm. the warmth of the photo um, right yeah yeah right so like th- mm. those kind of things to to mask and focus on the object so to bring mm. down the lighting a certain sure. way so that yeah. the eyes will go towards the watch mm. first and foremost yeah. so that that kind of uh really got me excited so mm. the mm. whole thing with getting into watch photography yeah. was more of a mm. uh, a step-by-step staged addiction if you will from the yeah. cameras to well, to you've, editing you've done amazing you 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 know you you, you know you're there you've you've got that I, I think you know it's not just about the camera or anything it's having that artistic ability and things and that's definitely something you've got you know and um, what about possible future purchases watches you'd love to add to your collection what have you got anything in mind that you want to you'll give away or or yeah. maybe rough <laughs> ideas if you don't, don't want to tell us the exact uh, watches. It's a little bit uh, of a tough one because the list is always changing. I think in our um, in our uh, hobby here. So true. <laughs> yeah. With that, with that being said, um, some of the more obvious ones that are coming sooner would be from Seiko. I mean, I think mm. it, the talk of the town is that Seiko Five GMT uh, that yeah. uh, on the Jubilee bracelet, and I think it's a, a wonderful piece. I I actually mm. can't wait to get into it. Yeah, definitely. Get me out. Yeah. To tear into it, to modify mm. it. <laughs> oh no, no, yeah. that 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 is that watch is what people were were modding and ending up with that. And it's like exactly. they've said, Seiko said, oh well, well, why are people modding this? Why why don't we just give them this? Yeah. Finish one. <laughs> so I, I, I've ordered the same. Well, I laid out the bag. I've ordered the same watch a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, so. 
but yeah so so first of all can you say which one you got you're going for out of the three so there's the orange yeah. there's the black and then there's the blue which have you gone for I think I'm a little bit done with blue dials just in the last uh, little while here, seeing so many blue dials come out, mm. um, to be quite honest with you. But I think the black dial is speaking to me right now because I, I think okay. it's a great basis to um, mm. work from. And when I say modify, I know I'm going to probably get some backlash for this. I'd like to keep it original for a few months, <laughs> uh, but oh, I've yeah. already mm. ordered um, a case for the Marine Master 300. So the MM300 case. Yeah, along with the hands for the Marine Master 300. Right. And I'm going to make my own Marine Master 300 GMT. Wow. That's what wow. That, that, is, that is massively impressive. Yeah. that's a, And another great watch. I nearly bought a second-hand Marine Master at a really good price um, in the last few days, actually. Um, every, every time one comes up, I've just bought another watch or something. Every time, you know, I'm thinking, oh, uh, you know, if there's one, if there's one at a good price, I'll buy it now. There's never one coming up. Um, yeah. But wow, wow. So you're going to keep it for a period of time, um, mm -hmm. and then you're going to use that movement and and then have that as your as a marine master with the GMT. Correct. Yeah. Wow, well, I like it. That's that's you've got to make a video on that and everything. Yeah. <laughs> that is um, absolutely amazing. Wow, impressive! It's, it's the idea in the works. I'm hoping mm. to to add a screw down crown uh, for that water resistance. You know, like I'm hoping to up it up to 200 meters, 300 yeah. meters if possible. Mm. Mm. Uh, but I just like the Marine Master case design and yeah. the feel of it on the wrist. And yeah. I think that the the crown being at 430 is going to be an mm. easy swap in. My yeah. my only bit of concern though is that um, the cases that do exist as modifications made possible. Mm. Uh, for the Seiko 5s, I'm not quite sure if it's mm. going to be 100% fit. So we shall right. see. Because the new GMPs are a little bit a little bit wider. Uh, I think it's something like 0.1 millimeter. 0.1. To that effect, yeah. And I mm. think it's 42.5 millimeters compared mm. to 42 millimeters of the regular Seiko 5s. Right. right? Mm. Yeah. So yeah. We, we shall see. <laughs> yeah. No. It'll be, it'll be. That will be an interesting one. Um. It's like I said. We. I've got very similar taste. We both pretty much ordered the same watch i've gone for the blue one um i i sort of lacked a blue watch for ages now i need a blue watch fix yeah. <laughs> um, but i also i'm almost sometimes thinking i might order the orange one as well because that the orange one also looks amazing yeah and orange is a funny color I've, I've had an orange watch before and i did wear it quite a lot it was just an old a very cheap quartz um mm. one but I kind of liked it, and I, I I never know if it was the fact that it's just too much orange. If it was the orange, which some most it's okay, but after a bit you just get fed up with you know like oh it's just so orange, or yeah. <laughs> whether it was just because it was a quartz. I I don't know, but I'm very tempted to even just buy the normal normal um, Seiko Five orange, which I I have seen. At some amazing prices, I've, I've seen some really good bargains out there for that, or whether whether just to get it as a GMT. But I think I'll wait till the, the blue one comes at first, and then sort of take it sure. from there. But yeah. I think all three are great, and 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 the thing with black as well, it just it's it will just work with any strap or anything, won't it? As well, yeah. be a real strap monster. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. it's always the advantage of having black as well, isn't it? 
Right. So, no, totally. Well, my, my game plan around why I'm choosing the black tiles because I plan to have different bezel inserts to swap in and out of mm. when I yeah. do modify it. And it, yeah. it'll just go nicely. But um, yeah. speaking of orange watches, I don't think anyone goes in and, and buys an orange watch and doesn't think that it's uh, it's uh, too much orange right from mm. the get-go. I think a lot mm. of us um, do think that orange is a very vibrant color to go by. It, for it, it, it is. It's, di- it's difficult. It's very It's very all or nothing, isn't it, the old orange watch? Yeah, it's you very... can go all in. I had a Doxa Sub 300T that was mm. in the orange, uh, mm. and I actually had it for about a week, and I couldn't live with it. So yeah. I... Yeah. Swapped it out for the, the blue Caribbean dial instead. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. And the, the Tiffany blue as well. I keep looking at that doxa. Well, both the white and the Tiffany blue is very appealing. Um yep. we did a um a podcast a few weeks ago, um, Abdul and myself, and I talked, and one of my choices was the doc the white doxa with the having sure. the white uh, rubber, which is a sort of um beads of rice looking sort of rubber um with that and I, I did say in that podcast it could be too much white you'd also need the bracelet you know and, and you could wear the white one but after a bit you'd probably want to put it you know back on the on the on the steel bracelet um but like yeah the problem with an orange dial like you say this it could can just be too much can't it you know there's, yeah, there's no sort of escaping it. it you really do fully own it or you you don't <laughs> yeah there's no halfway house between the two definitely so, so that's the one this the sake of five gmts on my list um hmm. i'm actually really excited for citizen and what they're doing for their pro master line of watches hmm. and they seem to kind of be uh, getting into their own stride because they recognize hmm. what seiko has been doing with the prospects line is working hmm. right hmm. and the, the frequent releases from seiko uh, is definitely paying dividends for the brand Although yeah. some will say that the prices are higher, which I agree with, that the prices mm. are, are higher than what we're used to now, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but they're releasing more, right? So we're, yeah. we are getting more and more variety, which is never, mm. I think, a, a bad thing. Uh, to no, be it's honest good. Choice, choice is always good, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, in my opinion. So I'm looking forward towards the Citizen ProMaster uh, 200 meters diver. So that is the reissue of the yeah. Challenge diver, the one that was covered mm. in barnacles and found uh, mm. underwater. And it's still working. <laughs> wow. Well, that's as it's all. Oh, well, I'll be very interested in looking at I it's not a brand I've ever had or know, know a great deal about, but I'll be definitely interested in um, you know, yeah. looking at your video sure. on that one. Definitely. Well, I think there's some similarities that I'd love to compare it to Seiko because the uh, mm. where Seiko has their dia shield coating and their hardened steel, yeah. Citizen has really focused on hardened titanium. So they have their mm. super titanium, which yeah according to the the hardness scale is a little bit tougher than dia shield coating oh, so right. um yeah. i think mm. for the, the the way that both watches are set up i'm yeah. looking forward to comparing that watch versus the that's the issue that's a good idea because on a lot of your videos you do you do comparisons to watches and yeah. I, I, I like the way you do that and and you know i it's almost like to play the game of the choice you sort of you sort of say well i'm going to compare these two watches you know which we, tell me you know write in the comments which do you which will you like out the two you know and um i try and watch your video and try and i don't read the comments never read comments yeah. before i comment what the people have put i don't want to be influenced and try and make a genuine decision you know um and and sometimes it's not been the same as you actually funny enough i mean we have got yeah. very similar taste but I think you the the the, the land toy toys came came a little bit in front on that particular one, um, yeah. but 
you know, and I get I, I set out my reasons why I I I, I don't know. It's always an odd choice because you know the, the 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 comparison the two you pick are always good watches and you know it's hard to pick between the two six yeah. one and a half dozen and the other. But I, so I sort of really dig deep and think, well, wh- you know, which would you know wh- which which one talks to me? Which which would I go for? You know, absolutely, yeah. Com- and comparisons are great for that because I think mm. they give um, the the perspective of you know it really could work for you where I say that it actually just didn't work for me in that comparison. It's because I spent the time uh, with it to, to, to be in front of it. And the kind of, I like to wear the watches just un, unabashedly for a week or two weeks at a time while I do have it in my possession. And um, yeah. mm. I do wear them side by side as much as I can. But what I've come to realize is that with, with some watches, um, when you start collecting so many of the same thing, which is what we end up doing a lot mm. of the times, uh, you, you kind of find the the fun and novelty of the other side, you know? So these mm. comparisons, the land tortoise, for example, mm. Mm. Uh, it just offered something that uh, I think was refreshing because at, at that time I was mm. very, very, uh, I would say jaded a little bit mm. by Seiko's uh, frequent alpinist releases. Cause in that time frame they had released the baby alpinist. And yeah, then they sure. had the, mm. yeah. And they also had the, um, the newer alpinist with the the updated movement and the, uh, the cyclops now too, which I wasn't mm. a fan of. Mm. Uh, and then of course comes along this uh, reinterpretation that you have of the 1959 alpinist, yeah. and then another limited edition after that. So yeah, <laughs> I felt yeah. like I know it's, it's amazing. There there is a Facebook. There, there's 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 a couple of Facebook groups out there which are dedicated to the Seiko alpinist. I, I've, jo- I've joined yeah. one. Of, well, I joined both, but one of them was not particularly good, but the other one was really good actually. So. You know, you de- and there's quite a lot of members of that site. It's absolutely oh, yeah. fantastic. And I was thinking to myself the other day, shall I, you know, shall I sort of become a, an alpinist collector? You know, I've got two yeah. now because I've got the Saab zero one seven as well. Yeah. So, you know, sh- sh- shall I buy another one eventually and become a, a specialized sort of um, alpinist collector? <laughs> but I, just great yeah. watches, you know, just great watches. Uh, and I do spend a lot of time um, in the field in the mountains, you know, and they. They're just great watches, yeah. Absolutely. Well, one of the the ones that I, the Alpinist I think was on my bucket list, and I hope to find. I, I'm always scouring the uh, classified mm. listings mm. to look for one. It's the um, the SSASS Alpinist with that uh, GMT. Yeah, movement. it's a quartz. Yeah. yeah, I've spotted that recently. I, I didn't know that existed till a couple of weeks ago. It was a to me. I've had, mm. I've been eyeballing that watch since twenty. 14 i believe <laughs> wow have you yeah. been trying to get it since then you've been trying to buy one since then yeah and not yeah. not wow. not been successful with such because there were so few in numbers uh, yeah. worldwide and the cost yeah. uh, in getting into one of them mm-hmm. right now i think is just a little bit too much it, it is i think I've, i have chased a couple down for sale I, I it only came on my radar two or three weeks ago and I, I thought I thought it was somebody had modded it. I thought it was modern things. Yeah. And, and, then, and again, this was this alpinist group, which I only joined about a month ago uh, yeah. on Facebook. And I saw that come up. I thought, oh, wow, someone's, someone's done a mod. That, that's pretty good, you know. And then, um, anyway, I read up on it in the comments and things. And, yeah, it's a quartz one. And then, so I did look at if I could get one. And like you say, the prices are quite high. They're, they're quite ridiculous. I've seen a few in the thousands of dollars, several mm. thousands. Um, and they, they have a very nice movement. It's the, the eight, I think the eight F or the eight J movement. Mm. That is the GMT. And I think they're titanium too, from what I recall. Yes. I think but, it was. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah. That, that's, 
that kind of mm -hmm. um, the watch itself really defined to me what I'd like to have as my ultimate alpinist. Really, yeah, yeah, uh, so no, it's, it's yeah, definitely. <laughs> as, as soon as I saw that, I thought, you know, if if I'm going to go down the collecting alpinist road, I've got to get one of these, and uh, I couldn't believe it as soon as I saw it, and I, I. Um, until really that Seiko 5 GMT came out, I was never a big fan of GMT watches. I I never really saw a, a massive amount of points, um, but but I think it'd be useful because even doing even doing shows like this one, and there's there's points in time where I'm doing this um, watch talk with uh, Abdul from Germany and right. Bill from America, and you know that the the, the Seiko 5 GMT you can track three time zones. Yeah. which I think is amazing because it's got, Absolutely. you know, 24 hour markings on the bezel and inside the watch itself. So you can right. move the bezel, you know, you've got the actual original time. And so you've got three time zones, which I think, I think is great. So we have to track sort of, you know, Germany, America, and my local time all at the same time, which I think is, is good. You know, I think it's a good thing. Yeah. And mm. uh, that's definitely on my list. And the other one has got to be a, a Mont Blanc because I've just been, thinking about Mont Blanc quite mm. a bit since their recent releases. Um, I, uh, that's connected to kind of the next point here is a bit of regret too. So with the 1858 line, the Geosphere really yeah. speaks to me. Oh, they're as, so good. Uh, your, your review put them on my radar. And then there were <laughs> Watches of Wonders. And again, we've had conversations about this, haven't we? We've, we've, we've exchanged messages about Mont Blanc and they are they're on my radar now and that's thanks to you so yeah so Absolutely. please t t t tell us about this yes yeah no no for sure so the uh, the 1858 geosphere uh bronze or either in the steel mm. um you know like i think that mont blanc they're making stunning watches but the, mm. the thing that they're running into is that one i don't believe and don't feel like their watches are marketed enough mm. uh, th that mm. could have been uh just more to the scope of the brand or what they're looking to do but in my opinion, it's a fantastic piece with really nice materials used and the dial quality up on the macro level is well up there with Grand Seiko, in mm. my opinion. So with that being said, mm. you know, I think that uh, it's an advantage to collectors too, because we can get these yeah. timepieces for quite a good uh, discount uh, on the second market, right? Secondhand market. Yeah, sure. So I've been constantly mm. scouring for an 1858 uh, Geosphere um and i recently passed up on the opportunity to get an 1858 ic which was uh the newer release the divers watch with mm. that um glacier dial if you can call it that oh they, they look really good yeah and, and they've been popular they've sold really well as well they have everywhere mm. almost every um location mm. that i've been to at least in my city here mm. does not have that in stock no, and they, they've sold well mm. yeah so with with that being said that's kind of my on my radar for for Mont Blanc and uh, mm. the last final watch, I think here and I had to kind of jot this down, um, is actually something that's on the way. <laughs> so, mm. wow. I, I had uh, purchased the Hamilton uh, Pilot Pioneer thirty eight millimeter, so mm. that's of their uh, the newer vintage Pilot line. So okay. they, they had the mm. forty three millimeter with the um, I mm. believe it's the the Eta sixty four ninety seven based movement. Yeah, but they also have the smaller thirty eight automatic mm. uh, version, and I, that one really spoke mm. to me. Yeah, yeah. For, the, for the reasons of it being a no date, and for the reasons yeah. of it being such a simple and clean uh, mm. matted textured dial. So yeah. uh, I'm keen to have that, um, mm. and I'd like to add a Cartier after that too. But that's another story. Oh, a Santos, Santos. Really oh, nice. Yeah, it's so, become a really popular watch. 
Um, Stephen from TikTok, and I had on a couple of weeks ago, I don't know if you listened to that show, but he's yeah. got the the um, Corti Santos. Um, Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, great, great watch. And and all, all of it, he's got brilliant watches, but and they're all very different, you know, because I think you said a few yeah. minutes ago, we end up getting loads of the same watch, and I don't guilty that, and 99% of us are. Stephen somehow has managed to not fall into that trap. He has just <laughs> got a fantastic collection of totally different watches, different brands, different looks. Um, so, you know, I think he's one of the 1% that has escaped that trap, the, yeah. that, you know, that the rest of us have fallen into, I'm afraid. Yeah, yeah. and I'm, try I'm trying to get there myself too. I think that my collection is starting to take shape that way. Mm. Uh, if I were to add a, a Cartier Santos, it would actually be a DLC, a Cartier Santos 100 in the diamond like coating, which is wow. so far off the yeah. normal. Uh, yeah, Santos, well, right. It's good to be different <laughs> as well, isn't it? You know, it's it's good to have something different and a bit stand out. And absolutely, well, especially I, when you've got a core I, collection. You know, um, I think Steve was like that, and, and you're probably going to fall in this category. Once you've built up a really solid core collection, and you've got some great pieces, like you've got the OP, and you've got some really good Seikos and things. And of um, course, I've got a Zenith too. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, God, I'm forgetting. I, how can I forget your Zenith as well? Yeah. That's, that, that was the one I was going to just mention in particular. We'll yeah. come back to that. But once you've got a good solid base, you can really afford to go different. But yeah, I mean, the the, the, the probably the standout watch in your collection um, is your Zenith, isn't it? Your um, it's a sort of answer to the Daytona. What's I can't remember what it's called these days, but it, it's the one with the one. Is it one hundredth of a second? Is it something like that? One tenth of a second. The Chronomaster yeah. Sport. Chronomaster right. Sport. That is fantastic. That 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 <laughs> is. I think that is my pick of your collection. Actually, how could I forget oh. about that watch? So yeah, what's the story behind that one, David? You said just suddenly, yeah. suddenly you had that in your collection. So yeah, no, for sure. Um, so it's kind of an interesting thing because I before this watch, I had a GMT. I actually <laughs> had a Rolex GMT, uh, mm. the GMT Master Two with the black mm. ceramic bezel. So it was the the one one six seven one zero LN with the green GMT hand. Uh, I had that watch as um, something I had purchased from a very dear friend of mine. He was just in a position to let it go, really, and I was yeah. in the right place to to have it in my collection. Right. And that was the GMT that I've I've always wanted, in my mm. own opinion. I, I I'm just like the other guy. I do like my Pepsi's, my Batman's, but I do think yeah. that at the end of the day, the watches that are, are more muted and mm. simple are the ones that stay with me the longest. Yeah, sure. Uh, and and they tend to mm. kind of just work with everything. So anyway, I. I bought that watch from my dear friend and I had owned it for a better part of about uh, two years actually mm. and then I felt like my time was done with it I felt like I've experienced it and you know the GMT for me is not a complication I actually use frequently yeah uh, so uh, which is going to be even more ironic when I decided to mm. move that to get a, a chronograph <laughs> which is something yeah. that I I couldn't say that I would use as a complication frequently, but it, it looks good and it's great to play with, though, isn't it? You, I, you know, I love chronographs, but I don't necessarily use them a lot like you. But <laughs> yeah. I just there's something about the fact you've got, you know, the complication. It's, it's something to play with, isn't it? And I think they look yeah. good. Uh, they've always just kind of struck to me as such good-looking timepieces. The, mm. the the subdials invite the eyes in, and the, yeah. The, the, yeah. The fidgety parts of using the the pushers, of course, mm. to yeah, operate of course, the yeah. graph. Yeah. yeah, 
but um with that being said i've always uh wanted to get a chronograph back into my collection because mm. um i had owned a chronograph before this one it was a, a speedmaster professional and that watch i fell out of love with it yeah just just because it became so synonymous and almost mm. all of my colleagues have experienced one or owned one and mm. i felt like when i met them um it was there it was on their wrist so i didn't feel like i had the push to own one right like if i yeah. wanted to I, mm. I could probably borrow one off of my colleagues sure. to just kind mm. of get the fix out of the way but uh, after that was said and done i was missing a chronograph and so when zenith had mm. came out with the chronomaster sport mm. i was sitting in my chair and I, I think i was sliding probably a few more inches deeper into my chair <laughs> when i saw just how stunning that oh, uh yeah the, the black and the white dials were just from initial glance um, and I couldn't get it out of my mind. So mm. I had made the, the decision to just move the GMT uh, yeah. as good, a watch good, I don't wear trade. anymore. Mm. Yeah, that was a good it. move. And then yeah. I went right over to the Chronomaster Sport, which was not an easy thing because um, mm. uh, they were sold out everywhere. <laughs> they were <laughs> rather hard to get a hold of. Uh, mm. But by sheer circumstances, quite funny too, visiting an authorized dealer that had zenith um i had placed my name down for it for about five six months after its release um and they had just gotten one in that was not the white dial i actually had my name down on the white dial initially because i thought hey white dial it's going to go well with my oyster you know it's going to complete the twins (laughs) Mm -hmm. um they actually had the black dial in Mm -hmm. and i tried it on and i said this is really stunning the yeah, black has the uh, gloss like quality that picks mm, up the indices and the sub dials it's, mm, it's got depth and layers to it that you can't yeah. really comprehend or see yeah uh, sure. on a white dial yeah, yeah, yeah. right so with mm. the black dial um again i saw it and i said let me think about it and i walked away from it and oh, i came no. back wow. <laughs> i came back the next day actually wow, but wow. i couldn't sleep i couldn't sleep because i was just yeah. thinking about it nonstop. uh and i bought it so, yeah <laughs> that's, that's that's the way it gets you god if you'd gone by the next day and it had been sold you'd have been devastated wow. I would have, was, no definitely but that, that kind of yeah. comes back to me about like mm. you know the watches that i've walked away from and come back to and i've mm. purchased yeah those are the ones that i think uh stay with me the longest and and yeah. i feel like they were the right choices all along. yeah and it was meant to be because you know i've done that i walk away from things and i think if it's if it's not there if it's I'll, yeah i'm gonna go and go tomorrow, go to the shop. If it's not there, it's not meant to be. If it's there, it's meant to, you know, I've got a bit of this, it's meant to be sort of mentality. Um, so yeah, no, good, good. Um, yeah, I could have forget about that one. Um, yeah. <laughs> any, and I think you've already said one of these, but have you got any any other watch collecting regrets? Oh yeah, big time. Um, at some point in time in 2018, I, I had owned a Cartier Tank Solo Mm-hmm. It was not the automatic version. It was just the quartz. And, and honestly, I wanted to scratch the itch to own a Cartier mm-hmm. back then. So yeah. when I saw that watch, I'm like, you know what? That kind of speaks to me in terms of how clean that dial is. No date. And, and the size was just perfect. It was the, um, I believe it was the large size. It was the men's large size uh, that I had bought. I wore that watch graciously. And I went to a restaurant with a good friend of mine. And we were dining. And there, there was a gentleman in front of me that was just catching eyes at my wrist the entire evening i thought was rather awkward (laughs) like are you fancying me or the watch what's going on right so anyway my friend had went for a restroom break and um, the gentleman actually approached my table and he said you know i really like your watch um Mm. can i I ask you you know like 
what is it? Where did you get it? And all that stuff. Yeah. Right. And I told him, well, you know, I, I, I got it from the local authorized dealer and it is the, the tank. It's one of the first wristwatches that is a pilot's watch, mm. uh, if you can say that. And, um, you know, the case design goes all the way back right to the 40s, the 30s and 40s, actually. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, and it stayed that way consistently. The dial design and the case stayed pretty consistent through time. Mm. And he was like, I just I just love it. Would you be willing to sell it? Wow. right there and then wow. yeah yeah so he, he actually bought it off my wrist because he offered me a number i couldn't refuse at the time oh wow wow <laughs> yeah that, that reminds me of buying one off the the chap at work you know when i first got into watches but uh, obviously it was just a very old beat up seiko 5 but yeah no yeah that's a story definitely because because most of the time people just don't even notice you, you what's on your wrist do they you know yeah yeah no that's kind of the thing right and nobody really notices some of the watches i wear for sure because they kind of um they're just watches for the most part and i'm with people and they, they think not much of it right but mm. he was emboldened and and intrigued enough to want to to purchase the watch right mm. off my wrist and wow. soon after he bought that it was about a month later i really felt the phantom pain yeah yeah <laughs> yeah mm, the regret so was, of selling it yeah yeah i was thinking oh gosh you know like that watch actually just kind of ticked some boxes for me and it was different mm-hmm. enough in my collection at that time that yeah, yeah. uh i felt like mm. i was really missing something so that's, yeah. that's one of regret <laughs> yeah there's always the regret of selling and also the regret of not buying as well and yeah. it's too late then they've all sold out or the you can't get it or the price has gone up um yeah. definitely well, there you cannot get the solo the tank solo anymore they've been replaced with the tank must with the smaller case sizes i'm not yeah. fond of those <laughs> mm-hmm. and any other watch regrets uh so other watch regrets i have um oh gosh yeah i was offered a Seiko SLA-043. So it's a 62 mass reissue with <coughs> the deep, rich blue dial and the oh, turquoise nice. baby mm. blue hand, second mm. hand. Wow. And the ceramic bezel and the, mm. the hardened uh, submarine steel as well, too. Yeah. Uh, it had the Grand Seiko um, 8 series movement as well. Mm. That was offered to me at such a compelling price. And mm-hmm. I-, I love the look of that watch. Um at the moment in time, it just didn't make any sense to me for, for me to own because I had just picked mm. up a pretty big timepiece, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I had uh, dutifully and responsibly declined that one. Uh, and I've been kicking my myself in the ass. It's always the bad time. Yeah, I've had that several times yeah. where, so like, like I said, a Marine Master came up a few days ago and uh, all, all very similar. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And, and the final thing really now, as we draw this dinner, is... What would your main advice, because obviously you've been very successful at, you know, in this, what would your main advice that you'd give to people just getting into watch collecting hobby? So if you were to start, you know, somebody starting today, what what would your advice be? I think that, um, you know, take your time with collecting and Mm. and personally, just just don't be shy to walk away from the Mm. timepieces that just don't speak to you right away. Uh, you, Mm. You won't be surprised about yourself. If you can't get it out of your mind after you've walked away, you, you probably do to get that watch. And you, mm. you probably should actually at that point. Uh, you know, like some of my, I think what I consider to be my forever timepieces will, mm. will be the same watches I've bought in this manner. And yeah, sure. um, the other thing I think I would say is just don't rush into getting the most expensive or exquisite timepiece that you can afford. Yeah, You know, like a lot of the times I've... I've <coughs> went and got something because I thought that worked for me because uh, mm. it represented something, right? Either mm. like 
you know, for the value that it gave me. But then when I got to it, it was not quite the same feeling, you know, like, sure. don't meet yeah. your heroes for sure. That kind of cliche mm. kind of thing. But mm. um, I realized that collecting the smaller or not, I wouldn't say smaller, collecting the, the time pieces that are lesser in value before getting to that one was mm. actually more enjoyable in my opinion. And, and building up what you, what you enjoy and what you like as well before, yeah, before absolutely. you do. Yeah. And the final thing I'll say is mm. that, uh, you know, sometimes chasing after what everyone wants is a quick recipe for burnout in terms mm. of like watch collecting. Cause after some time you, you're on social media and you see the black Bay pro uh, mm. and you know, Tudor Pelagos FXD, for example, which is actually another watch I'd love to own the, the mm. Pelagos FXD controversial and i think that's why i actually want to own it oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah but um anyway with those watches that have seemingly endless wait lists and uncertainty around them uh, and you see them so often on social media you kind of game yourself into wanting and getting it so bad and mm. you set expectations for yourself you kind of get to the point where um you wear yourself down when you don't yeah. get it right mm. so i i think uh if you can just remember what you're in this for um it's not to chase after the same watch if it really is for mm. watch collecting it's to experience i think yeah as sure. uh, many time pieces as possible well yeah no absolutely fantastic um i, I mustn't forget how, how's ollie the dog doing he's appearing <laughs> in your videos he... yeah she's uh she's upstairs somewhere she just got her hair cut she's enjoying oh, okay. the patio. <laughs> yeah yeah um I, I do remember ollie the dog um well, that has been really fantastic. I've finally, you know, got to meet you and have this discussion and absolutely brilliant. Um, really enjoyed that, David. Thank you very much. So, um, so this is David and I will put links in. So your Instagram account is that watch addict. Correct. Your yeah. video um, channel, your YouTube video channel is perpetuality. And um Thank you very much. This was uh, Watch Talk Across the Pond, and I'm Dean from One to Watch. Thank you. Thank you, Dean. Pleasure.